Hello, everybody. I changed it up. I didn't say what's going on, everybody. I, I feel like I do the standard intro, and it sounds like a YouTuber, like the the YouTuber meme of like how everybody says, hey, guys, <laughs> don't forget to smash that subscribe button. This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 68.3, and we are continuing our playthrough of, wow, I almost said Radiant Historia. <laughs> uh, we were in that for a long time. We were in that for a very long time, but yeah, no. Uh, Final Fantasy Twelve, the Zodiac Age. Uh, I have with me Matt. Hello, Matt here. We've also been in this game for a long time. Uh, for a little while. I don't think a little was, while. Yeah, yeah. We'll never beat Xeno Gears. No, uh, unlikely. Xeno Gears was the longest running series. Uh, I think right next to uh, Dragon Age Origins and. There was one other than the one that we did a lot of episodes for, and I can't remember what it was. Man, I can't remember. Hmm. Well, either way. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we are uh, continuing on with the uh, the series. Apparently, we had just hit the halfway point, and it doesn't really feel like it. In fact, I've got my game up right now, and I'm going to read off some information for you. Currently, I'm sitting at 15 hours and 33 minutes, and it's still wow. it's still counting. I need to stop that. I hate it whenever it does that. We used to the screen too long. Yep. Um, in fact, I'm going to pause it. Let me pause it. When you pause it, it doesn't do that. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just read off my characters' levels and their um their classes because I finally had enough LP to give everybody a secondary class. So, let's look at it here. Start off with the top with Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn is level 22. He has... Uh, I started him off as a Shikari. Or Shik yeah, Shikari. Um, and then also gave him the Time Battle Mage class. Balthier uh, started out as a Knight. And I gave him the secondary class of Archer. Uh, Fron is a Ulan. And a red battle mage. It seems unclear as to whether the top one or the bottom one is the first or second. Yeah. It seems to differ. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. Bosch is a, started out as a foe, broke, foe breaker, and I gave him the machinist class. Uh, Ash is, started out as a black mage and gave her the monk class, which I talked about last week. And Pinello is a white mage and a bushy. So, 
I don't know what to do with the secondary class. Yeah. I guess it depends. Do you, are you going to decide how you want to use them and then craft your licenses around that desire? Or are you going to just kind of explore the license board and as they get better at things, then focus them on, on those type of activities? Yeah, see, that's my question is that I've, I've – so I've got well, – a perfect example. I had um, Bothier as a knight and now I gave him the archer class. Do I ever give him bows? I mean, should I give him bows? You know, I, I need a ranged character because I don't really have any ranged characters except for the Fran, who's a Ulan, who can hit things from a distance with, a, or she can hit flying things with her um, spears. But I'm just like, I don't know how to spec my characters. Um, now I did do a little bit of. Uh, digging and some research and tried to figure out what should I at least look for. So there's a big emphasis on choosing the correct class to give certain summons to. Uh, on top of that, certain combinations have the potential to unlock a very important node in the license board, which is called swiftness. Swiftness grants you 10% faster action bar charge, basically. And there's certain class combinations that allow you to unlock swiftness three times, which means you get 30% faster action bar, which is kind of significant in the grand scheme of things because uh, we'll talk about a boss fight uh, that came up. And it was. It's also a. Uh... Maybe less clear way to boost your power, right? If you're doing damage per hit, you know, in this case, your damage per minute goes way up if you're hitting twice as often. Exactly. So your DPS is basically going up. It doesn't matter what class you're playing kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, but there's a boss fight a little bit later on that I we can talk about. I don't know how it went for you, but for me, uh, this game has become easy to me. And I just read off, like, Vaughn is my highest level character, and he's level 23. Yeah, I've got him at 20. I'm a little bit further, but I've got him at 26. Yeah. So I was probably about 23 when I got to that point. Now, this play session, I did grind. I will fully admit, for about two hours, I grinded. I found a really good spot to do it, and I just went back and forth, back and forth. Um. So... Uh, and I guess a good amount of money, but then I spent it all. <laughs> so, Sounds like life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually accumulated a good amount of money, um, but then outfitted every one of my party members with the best gear available at the current moment. So um, hopefully that will last me for a little while. Um, so yeah, uh, where we left off, we, we were kind of at a a moment of we have our quest now we must do something about it we have to stop the the imperials from uh using or obtaining the power of the well the shards the dawn shard we have the dawn shard uh the twilight shard and the dusk shard or it's not twilight it's, it's midlight not midnight midnight apparently. there you go 
Why was there not a Twilight Shard? That sounds right. That does sound right. Maybe there's a secret one we don't know about yet. So, um, yeah, we were going to travel uh, across the Gaza Plains uh, to a village where a race of people who know a lot about the lore of the mists and of the the shards themselves. So that's where we go. Uh, and we do a good amount of traveling here. There's at least probably about five or six different areas that we can go through. Um, and, you know, they're all connected. So it's, it's basically like when you're going, there's no overworld. There's more of a, you're just going through a dungeon that's outside. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we go to the village, um, and meet with these, these race of people. These people, I don't, they all wear masks. Uh, they look human for the most part. Uh, but they're a tribal race of people. Yeah, the the Gareth. The Gareth. So they were in Jahara. It's the name of the village. Yeah, Jahara village. Uh, and um, we we actually meet up. They weren't going to let us in, but then the war chief uh, sees us. Uh, he's out in the field while we did are. You, did you help him? Yeah, I helped him. Yeah, so I came up on him. Actually, the first time I did. I kind of ignored him, and then the second time I helped him. I thought he was one of the monsters that were not aggressive, so I then tried to attack him, and they wouldn't let me. Oh, really? Because later on, I tried to attack maybe not him, but a different one. After like after this section, I went back out. I accidentally attacked him, and he started fighting me. And then I slayed him, and I hope nobody in the village knows. This was after the cutscene with the chief? Yeah, after this whole section with the town. Nice. Later on, I accidentally killed one of their tribe. Yeah. Basically saying, thanks for nothing, suckers, and then killed them. Yep. Because that's what we get. So <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we come up with a big goose egg here. Um, the, uh, we meet with the village chief, and he tells us the story of, uh, you know, the, was it called? The, uh, What's the king? It's like a... I feel like it's a play on words. Oh, what's the, what's the king called from the old age? Uh... The one, the one that made the shards. Oh, uh, crap. I can't remember his name. I can't remember either. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. But, um... Basically, uh, originally the gods gave their people the shards and uh for years they couldn't figure out how to work them and um the gods took them away and gave them to the humes which are the humans you ever notice that in anything <laughs> i think we've talked about this before yeah where somebody can like a race of people could speak perfect english but when it comes to saying the word human, they have the human. Why do they do it like that? <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, um, so they gave it to the Humes, and uh, they were able to harness the power. Um, so unfortunately, he can't tell us anything. 
He has he has no information. He says we never figured out how to use them. He says the only thing I can tell you is that this dawn shard that you have here, its power has been expelled. It's empty. It's empty, but he says it also craves power. It is seeking power. So it wants to be whole again, I guess. So we're like, great. Now what do we do? Well, it just so happens. Uh, the village also gets another wandering traveler. <laughs> Larsa. Random. Completely randomly. Yeah, completely randomly. This little kid shows up, Larsa, who just so happens to be the prince or one of the princes of Arcadia. Still not a girl. Still not a girl. So, Larsa, I don't know about this guy. Yeah, I, I have not figured him out. I, I, I haven't figured out anybody in this game except for Vaughn and Pinello. Vaughn is an idiot, and Pinello is the the person that's trying to steer Vaughn in the correct direction because he's such an idiot. There is more mystery involved. I, well, you know what? I think I kind of figured out Bosch. Bosch is just looking for redemption, and uh, but uh, Balthier, that dude's a mystery to me too. I, I don't think he he he's not a bad guy, but I think he has other things in mind. That he do you think sure. he has a deep master plan? I don't think he has a deep master plan, but I think he has a master plan for himself. It's that's aspiring to more than a Han Solo esque. Just want to pull off some jobs and retire and comfort and anonymity. I I don't know. I just feel like he's he's hiding something and not letting anybody else know, except for maybe Fraun. And even then, I don't think Fraun knows. Okay. Um. And obviously, Fraun is is hiding a lot of stuff because we find out a little bit later on. Um. But yeah, as far as Larsa goes, that dude is a complete mystery to me. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy or maybe that stuff kind of doesn't exist in this game. Right, because they've kind of set him up. Yeah, I I would agree with that statement. I love, I love all the shades of gray in this game. Um, They've set him up to be the better alternative, at least to Vayne, right? But the thing is... Is that what we've seen of Vane? He's not a bad guy. Yeah. Also, and I, I specifically wrote this down because I thought it was interesting. Maybe I misread it, but it seemed like they showed him while somebody else was making a comment about Nethesite desires those who desire it. Which I thought maybe was a bit of foreshadowing of, you know, he's got some desire for power and he's going to try and get some Nethesite and take on some more power. You know, maybe that was just a coincidence, but that was sort of what I took away from that statement. Yeah, that may be true, but at the same time, like, the ones who look like the biggest villains in this entire game is the Senate, and the Senate seems to not really like Vane that much because they feel like they can't use him as a puppet. Yeah. So I don't know who the bad guy is here. I, Larsa may very well be a wolf in sheep's clothing, but at the at the current moment, he is suggesting that we go meet with uh, one of his associates. Uh, at a is it a mountain? 
Yeah, that that was my takeaway. Is that it's a mountain. He says mount something, right? I think. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, uh, and he wants us to accompany him. And we're like, well, we don't really trust you. He's like, okay, well, why don't you take me as your hostage? Would that sound better? And so they're like, okay, fine, we'll go with you because we have no other leads. We don't know where to go with this. So, and Larsa seems like he's, Larsa seems like above all else, he's trying to avoid war. It seems yep. like everybody in this game is trying to avoid war. Yeah, um, by their own means. They all want their own way to get there, but... Yeah. And I don't think there is a correct way. Um, even Ash's thing of, we gotta get all the shards, because, you know... It, I think getting those shards is probably bad. Because they have so much power. Yep. The best thing they could do was throw them in the freaking ocean. So, um, but yeah, we decide we're going to go to, uh, I can't even remember. It's, it's one of those crazy names. Mount Bufuzibov. Yeah, they call it, uh, Mount Burr. I don't know how you pronounce it. Omasachi? Burr Omasachi? Is Burr that the Omasachi. One? Okay. You sure. It, it could be that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, we're going to a mountain. Uh, so we have to go, we have to do some more traveling. Uh, and in doing so, uh, I like I, how right before you leave though, Vaughn does start to start to claim a little bit of purpose. That's true. At the, at the very end of this scene, he's like, look, I like I'm tagging along and I'm not just, I don't want to just be a tag along. I want to put my brother's death behind me. And, yeah, he very and, specifically, maybe a little too specifically, calls out that. Yeah. I want to put my brother's death behind me, and I want to become my own man. And maybe you guys can help me figure out what that is. Yeah. He pretty clearly says, I want purpose, and I'm, and I'm going to stick with Lady Ash because I think she has it. She has vision, and it, it gives me something to work toward. So is it after this scene we get the scene with the judges? I think so. Okay. So but I also like Balthier just saying, I'm just along for the ride. Like, yeah. really? Are you really just along for the ride? Well, that's the, I mean, he's, he's constantly playing. I think he's playing the long con, you know? Yeah. But it was another one of those scenes that we talked about where everybody's got to like provide their 10 second rationale for why they're going on this next leg of the journey. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, we get the scene with the judges, uh, and aside from maybe Bosch, the judges are the most fascinating characters in this game to me. Yep. Because I can't figure out what they are. Well, especially because they've started to humanize them a little bit. Yeah. Because when initially they were kind of cool and impressive, but in their... I guess just the vision of them and just the, their presence. Their Darth their, Vader. Their power, yeah. yeah. But the, but they've actually – I did not really expect them to humanize them the way they have and have them all disagree with each other even. So I don't know the names of these characters. They're all judges. One of them is a female. Yeah, I wrote down Lady Judge. Um, there's – and the it seems like the, the, the female judge along with another male judge – 
are disagreeing with what I think is a higher ranking judge. Seems like he's he's calling some of the shots. And they're like, you know, and and he's giving out orders or at least telling them what what they need to do according to the Senate. And uh one of the judges and the, along with the the female judge uh, basically behind his back are like, look, we don't, we know what's going on here. We don't agree with it. And I think it's in our best interest to make sure that nothing harms Larsa in this because that is going to yeah. be our end goal. And also they said anything they can do to slow uh, Andore down so that they have more time to prepare their defenses. Yeah. Are they all in Arcadia? I'm guessing so. Yeah, it seems like that's the case, but then it seems like that's a pretty strong set. I mean, they have the big air fleets. They've also got all the judges, or could the judges be spread out? Does each territory have their own judges? That's a good question. I'm not certain. I know that uh, in this cutscene, it's kind of, I mean, the Senate also said it, but when the the Seventh Fleet or whatever it blew up, and was decimated, that worried them pretty hardcore. Yeah, and hurt them more than they would want to let on to anybody on the outside. That's that's what they were talking about, was basically, hey, you know, this was a pretty big blow, but we do not need to reveal this weakness to anybody. Which is, again, kind of interesting, because you would never expect the Empire in Star Wars to to worry about anything. They were so overconfident that was, you know, that was their downfall. So it's kind of interesting again that they've they've graded them a little bit, made them a little bit more human. They've got weaknesses, even the Arcadian Empire. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think all, all the way they handle these interactions, I, I I like. Yeah. the The other empire could possibly get word of this if they've not already. They could be coming up with a strategy to take us over right now, or not take us over, but maybe start a war. And we would be at a major disadvantage. So yeah. the best thing we can do right now is protect the princes, particularly Larsa. And stall. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's the cutscene we get. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with these guys. I want to see more of these people. Yep. Uh, so we cut back to our band of misfits. And um, we uh, were traveling our, our, again. Our galaxy full of rogues. Yeah, our rogue galaxies. Our gallery. Rogue gallery. There you go. Our monthly crew. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, <laughs> we're traveling more. Uh, we have to go through another... I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's a plane. Um, it's where you get the white mana. Uh, <laughs> uh, haha, Magic the Gathering joke. It's and not you, back through the Osmone planes, is it? Uh, yeah, that's what it is, the Osmone planes. Because yep. we've been through them a couple times now. <laughs> yeah, we get to go through them um, in order to make it to the forest. The, the Golmore jungle? Golmore jungle, excuse me. Um, uh, but uh, this is where I found my grinding zone. So right before you go to the jungle, there is a save point. 
Uh, and I was like, hmm, I could walk right outside of this save point back into the, into the plains. And there's a bunch of black chocobos I can fight. There's these yep. giant guys and hey, the lizard what? guys. Not the, I guess they're lizards. They're big, tall, giant guys who give you two LP per kill instead of just one. Yeah. Um, and they also are, uh, one of the, I've only got one of the grimoires, but the one grimoire I got was you get better drops from giants and you get better drops from insects. Mm. So I did a lot of farming here. Uh, I just took a day, an entire day uh, or entire play session about, it was close to two hours of just going back and forth, healing, going back and forth, healing. Uh, and there was also two, usually two spawns of uh, treasure chests in that one little area. And I accumulated, I think like, oh man, it was like 10 or 11 um, uh, mid-tier um, axes for a foe breaker, which, oh, I, cool. which I already had equipped. So I just sold all those and made almost like 10,000 gil. Oh, nice. It was great. How, how much do you think you pumped up their levels in that grind session? I would say I was probably around uh, level 16 with some of them and got up to close to about 20. Mm. So, What's your spread of, of levels now? Um, you said your highest is what, level 23? 23. I think Vaughn's 23. The rest of them are probably 21, 22. Uh, I've got a lot more spread with mine. I've got a couple 17s, even though Vaughn's at 26 for me. Well, I'll tell you this, Matt. You better hope the game doesn't decide to skip yeah. the party, and then you have to take over as Bosch, who's now level 17. Yep. So, you know, that's I, that's the one thing I is the biggest pet peeve I have with RPGs, is you force me to play with party members that I don't normally play with. Radiant Historia did it. You know, old school RPGs do it a lot. And when you see one in a quote unquote modern RPG, it really makes me mad. Yeah. It better not be Bosch. He's okay level, but he's the most one note character I have. He, I actually haven't given him a second, uh, class yet. Oh, really? He's well, just a Fobreaker. Okay. Yeah. Let's, well, you didn't, you didn't say what your classes were. Why don't you go ahead and get into that for us? Yeah, I went through a little bit of it last week, but I've got the actual uh, the actual layouts now. So Vaughn, I've got as a knight in Bushy. So I want him to be mostly melee, but I need to give him some, some magical abilities, some healing abilities, because he's always going to be in my party. So I need him to be capable of doing a little bit of everything. Uh, like I said, Balthier is basically my number one support guy. He's a time battle mage first and an Ulan second. Uh, Fran is an archer first, black mage second. So she's distance, you know, offensive magic. So one of my, my key distance characters, really, it's it's mainly her that I keep in the background. Her and Balthier, because Balthier is using crossbows and she's using regular bows or magic. Uh, then I've got Bosch as just a foe breaker, but I have pumped him up with essentially every HP increase you can give him, so he's up to like fifteen hundred HP. Nice, he's like the he's like the tank of the party. Yep, 
So it's all it's all increased physicality and increased life. That's all he's got right now. So at some point I'll give him uh, his second class, but I actually think I might have a I think I might have an item that's preventing him from getting a second class. I need to take one off. I actually had a problem earlier in the game. I don't know if we covered this already, but I couldn't cure Vaughn from of silence. What? Why? Yeah, I don't know. He was like permanently silenced, and I had a real problem with it. Um, and I ended up wasting four, five, six different items to cure his silence, and then casting spells to try and cure it. I'm like, why is every one of them missing? And it was also because he had an item that was like it was halving all magic t- damage against him, but it means he couldn't cast any spells. <laughs> <laughs> so almost this whole game, he's been running around silenced. Nice. Yeah, but I, I finally took that off of him. I haven't really used magic with him, so there's a good chance I just... Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you got an all-melee character, why would you ever want him to use magic? Yep, exactly. Silence me so, all I want to, I'm going to hit you with my sword. Precisely. And so the... I, I don't know the name of the item I've got on Bosch, but it, it I think it also might half the magic di- damage against him, but it drops his MP to zero. Yeah, I know that one. Yep, so I've got that on him. I don't know if that's preventing me from getting the second class or not, but uh, I tried a couple times, and for some reason it just, I just couldn't click on the second class option. Hmm. Uh, Ash is my white mage slash monk. Uh, she's perpetually going to be my number one choice for white mage, although she's also my most underleveled, so I can only bring her in if I, if I know I'm going to win, basically. If I'm exploring new territories, I don't really use Ash. Which is probably why she's so underleveled, but it's kind of a feed forward where the the worse she is, the less I can use her. So the worse she gets. Uh, and I've mostly been using Penelo as my mage because she's a red battle mage and a monk, but she's also been pulling double duty as a white mage. But uh, she's yeah much more offensively focused, and she's got better equipment. So I mean, Penelo can deal some damage, but Ash can't. So I've got. Vaughn is in is number one at level twenty six. Uh, Larsa, who's not really a party member, is twenty five. Then I've got Balthier. He's always around because he's got the auto steal on, so he's level twenty three. And Penelo has been my main healer, so she's twenty two. And then Fran, Bosch, and Ash are seventeen, eighteen, seventeen. So those three are pulling up the rear. Mm. I um I wanted to evenly distribute them as best I can. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, Bosch as a foe breaker, when he gets that chain combo going, this this kind of random, but he'll sit there and just whack on a guy for like six hits. That'll rack up some damage quick. Yep, hey, he can devastate guys sometimes. I've had him do that a couple times. Actually, more powerful for me is when Vaughn gets in his three hit combos. Well, see, my the the, the Shiki, the the dagger wielding guy. He will just do like a slash, 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 slash kind of thing. He can do up to like five hits too. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're, they're, they're low damage dealing guys, but they, they can hit a lot, basically, like an assassin. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I did a lot of grinding in this area right here. Just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I did get, uh, my chocobo. I got the free chocobo. And uh I wrote him and I said, well, this is counterintuitive because 
I can't fight anything, which means I'm not getting any levels or items to sell. This is not helping my case. Yeah, it's purely if you need to get somewhere quickly. Yeah. So Or get somewhere that's otherwise inaccessible. Yeah, so I used the Chocobo for free that one time. I said, okay, I'm done. Uh, and then that was when I started grinding. So um, when I finally decided to continue on with the story, um, we went into the, the jungle. Um, don't get very far in the jungle because we run into a <laughs> barrier. Yep. Uh, this magical barrier, uh, which Fran says, I know what this is. The, the forest will not let us continue. And they're like, why? It's like, well, technically it's because of me. So she then reveals, um, as Balthier's talking to her, I found this to be very strange, this cutscene, because Balthier and her walk off and they're talking and Vaughn's like, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? What's going on? Being his annoying self. But, um, he, Balthier's talking to her saying, are you gonna, you gonna do this? You know, like, you gonna come, he's like, are you coming back out? Is what he said. And I was like, hmm, this is weird. And she uses magic to bring up this, I guess, nature bridge? Yeah, like a moss bridge? Yeah, a moss bridge. Uh, and it adds a little portion to the, uh, to the map. If we continue, there's, there's a couple times in this game where I've come to realize that the map's not always or is intentionally inaccurate at times. Like Why things like this. There, there's this part. There's the part with the where you need to use the chocobo to cross into an, an area. I think right before you get to the heavy mines. Oh my god! We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, there's a couple of places where you need to go off map, basically. Yeah. There was at least one more in the game as well. Oh boy. Well, uh, so let's, let's just, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So we, uh, she opens up this new pathway, which takes us deeper into the jungle, and we come up to a village. Uh, it just so happens to be her home village. Do you have any idea how to pronounce it? No. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how to pronounce half the stuff in this game. Unless it's like in a cutscene. But she's, so we've come to the, the, the rabbit race of people. The Vieira. The Vieira. And, um, so. That one's easy. <laughs> so, so here, here's, I think I mentioned it before. Fun fact. They're all women. Scantily clad rabbit women. Yes. And, uh, when we show up, uh, Fran is just, she's, I was going to stay at the entrance. Uh, they, they don't want me here. I was banished. And, um, but we can ask the, I guess, the village chief or the, the leader, um, if they will allow us to pass through the forest. Uh, so we, Vaughn goes, uh, goes all the way up the, the, um, the root tree, uh, pathway, I guess. And, uh, we meet with who we think is the, the boss of the place, but it's actually not. Um, they're like, look, look you need to leave. We don't want yeah, you here. 
Nobody likes the Humes. Yeah, nobody likes Humes, which is typical for every fantasy. Yeah, fantasy trope is the humans are a bunch of punks that we can't stand. Uh, you know, even D and D and stuff like that. There's like that, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, uh, like, well, the person that you that you you need to talk to about this isn't here, and uh, Fran shows up. She finally decided to join the rest of us. It's like, well, where is she? What, what was the character's name? Mirn. Mirn. Uh, it's like, where is she? It was like, well, won't you listen to the forest? It'll tell you. And she's like, the forest stopped talking to me a long time ago. So uh, this this woman that we're talking to. She says the forest says tells us that she's in the mines. So you'll have to go to the west. Yeah, they felt her presence in the Hemi mines. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, let's go to the Hemi mines. At this point, this is where Vaughn he he's acting annoying, but he's doing it in a helpful manner. <laughs> where he's like, okay, fine, we'll just find ourselves, whatever, man. You know, we don't need your help. And I guess he eggs her on enough to where she's like, okay, fine. She's over here. <laughs> <laughs> and both of you even mentions like, well, you actually got something done for once. <laughs> You're not completely worthless. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole cutscene is ruined by Vaughn asking how old Fran is because they mention, um, she left like sixty years ago. Or yeah, something. it's like yeah, I haven't I haven't heard the voice in sixty years, or you haven't, or I haven't heard that in fifty years. And then Vaughn's like, "How old are you?" And she like just walks off. And of course, both ears like, "Way to go, Vaughn." <laughs> Everybody's like, "How rude!" And then Vaughn's like, "What did I do?" It's it's oh man, he he plays the dumb idiot. Yep, Vaughn is the dumb idiot in this entire party. I mean, I know, I get that he's young, but he's also supposed to be a bit street smart, right? Yeah. He grew up on the streets. Well, I don't know. So, we have to go to the Hemi Mines, which, if you bring up the map, there's usually something at the bottom, like a little blurb saying, we need to find this place, and it's to the east of this place, or to the west of this place. Which is generally helpful. Yeah. So... I there was parts of the Osmon Osmo, what is it called? Yeah, the Osmon Plains. Osmon Plains. So we're back there. <laughs> yeah. Um where I grinded. Again. Again. Uh I don't grind this time, but I'm like, okay, well let's let's see if I can find these mines. And I clear this entire map. I walk all yep. the way around this place. I'm like They say it's to the south. <laughs> yeah. There is no south. Yeah, it's, I went to the south. It's a it's a dead end. And I'm like, what the crap? So I finally decide, after about 20 minutes of running around this entire place, decide to look at a fact. And the fact's like, oh, you have to have a chocobo to get there. Nobody said this. Yep. You know? Nor, even if you do have one, it's not necessarily super clear where to go. Yeah. So the fact that I was going by says, talk to the wounded soldier... That's right there at the save point. He will give you his chocobo if you give him a potion. Easy peasy, man. Easy. I go back to the wounded guy. He 
He's like, could you please give me a potion? And then the dialogue ends. And <laughs> so you didn't I, have one. I don't have potions anymore. I have high potions because a potion does nothing for me. Yep. And I'm like, why can't I just give him a high potion? Yeah, you'd think that would be more desirable. Exactly. Yeah, I had the same problem at first. Oh my! Although God. I wasn't sure if I was actually going to do it here because you can also go back to the. Uh, is it the Jah- Jahara, Jahara where you you can just you can just rent a chocobo? That's what I did. Did you? Uh, I had to. <laughs> I, See, I, I just grinded a little bit, and in one of the chests, I found a potion. And then I had to beeline it back because I've still got one of my characters set up to auto-dispense potions. Yes. <laughs> so I had to run past all the enemies and hope that they, like, I wouldn't stop and they would use the potion before I made it back to the wounded guard. Yeah. Dude, talk about annoying. Because I ran around this place, didn't know where to go. Looked at a fact. Go talk to the guy for the potion. Don't have a potion. So I was like, okay, screw it. I'll just go rent another chocobo. So I had to run all the way back to Jahara, got a chocobo, ran all the way back, and found these little a place in the bushes where there's some chocobo prints, and you just can cross through with a chocobo. How stupid! <laughs> and then we make it to the mines, the Henny mines. Yep. Uh, at the entrance of the mines, we find a bunch of Imperial soldiers who have been completely massacred. Yep. And they say something about the the Draclor scientists were doing experiments. Yeah. They're like, oh, these are... Sounds they, ominous. Yeah, they came, they came from the Draclor laboratory. Or, well, I, I said that like Dexter's lab. Um, yeah. Fucking... <laughs> you know, British-style lab. The laboratory. Uh, the laboratory... Um, and they're doing experiments here. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see what's in these mines. Uh, what's in these mines is those little bat creatures again. And these things called nightmares, which look like a dark unicorn. Yep, which I loved because that's kind of a magic card. Yeah. So nightmares like the flying fire-hoofed mare. Yeah. Also, there's T-Rexes in the mine. There's freaking T-Rexes. And I was like, really? Are we not playing? as hard as I would have expected. I- no, Bosch wrecked them. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn does them well. When you see one, you are scared as shit. This game, they're just, like, <laughs> hanging out in a mine, like, nowhere. Like, like you've been fighting T-Rexes your whole life. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> We, this mine uh, has a trick to it, uh, much like other uh, dungeons in this game, where there is a colored uh, door panel, uh, either red or blue. If you hit it and it changes colors, it opens certain doors and it closes other ones. Now, uh, that may not be difficult, but when you start trying to navigate this place and you realize you closed a door that you were planning on going out of, that becomes an issue. And I got a little turned around here. Um, I made it to basically the last switch. And when you hit it, a ton of these jelly things show up. Yep. And, and they, they wreck you. wrecked everything I had. Uh, I had to switch out party members. 
And uh, when I switched out party members, uh, I ran. Yep. Ran so far away. <laughs> I killed. I killed some of those jellies, but uh, I lost a lot of good people in that fight and just ran. Yeah. So uh, luckily, I have rays. I have Pinella who has rays. So instead of me using up my Phoenix Downs, I had her resurrect everybody. <laughs> used up all my ethers, and then I used up most of my ethers. Um, but eventually we make it to the end and this is where we run into manure, 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 manure. <laughs> and, uh, she has gone nuts. She, uh, she is acting really strange, kind of stumbling around almost like she's drunk or a zombie or a zombie. And, uh, she tells us to get out, go away and then runs off. So basically, from here through the next fight and through the next cutscene that happens after that fight, I couldn't hear anything. Not because there was a problem with the game, but because my parents had just dropped in. So I basically did this fight while they were waiting to talk to me. Okay. <laughs> and and then they were talking while whatever the cutscene after this next fight was happening. So I didn't hear anything if there was anything important that came out of the next half hour of game time. It's funny you should mention that, Matt. Because I got a phone call during that cutscene as well. <laughs> and I should Big have done, old mystery. I should have done the right thing and paused the game, which you can do. Uh, but I did not. So I'm going to try to elaborate as best I can. And I don't know if it'll be right or not. Okay. Go with it. So... She's acting strange. Runs off. We then run into the boss fight, which is Tiamat. Um, which is another Final Fantasy staple. I'm guessing is a guardian of this place, or a guardian of what we're going to receive. Yeah. Um, this boss fight consisted of me attempting to try uh, the mist abilities for the first time ever. <laughs> I was able to pull off Vaughn and Bosch back to back. That was it. Th there is the mist charge thing, but I have no idea how to select it. Yep. It shuffles and then disappears. I don't know if I'm supposed to hold down the button. Yeah, I... Don't have any idea either, but I also have not done it much yet or thought much about it, so I'm, I'm probably going to just look it up. I think that's what Jamie recommended as well. I'm just going to YouTube it, figure out how to do it, and then pretend that the game told me how. Okay. Um, because I used up the mischarge for Bosch, I wasn't able to use my summon, so I have no idea if that would have done any better. So this monster still had 90% of its health. So I decided, well, let's do the, the old college try of hit it until it dies. <laughs> yep. This was and, not an ele elegant fight. No, this was a, I'm just, I told Vaughn to attack and had everybody's gambit set to attack the target. And Pinello was in my party as my white mage. And that was the champion of this fight. 
the champion of this fight was not the people killing the monster. It was the person keeping the people killing the monster alive. Yep. Um, Pinello, with her close to 200 MP, was just, you know, cure, 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 cure. And, I mean, it was, each hit was, you could see it very barely going down, the health bar. And I guarantee you I sat there on two times the speed, not even really touching the controller. (laughs) And just letting it play out. Yeah. And sure enough, nobody died. (laughs) Oh, it's a well-balanced team. To which I thought, is this game too easy? Because I get that I haven't set up my gamut's worth of crap. I really haven't. Yep. Um, but I was just thinking, I was like, have I just overpowered my characters? I didn't grind that much. In fact, I had Bosch use Libra, and the the boss was probably two levels higher than my characters were at the current moment. Yeah, so, seems about right. Yeah, and I was like, I'm just sitting here wailing on this guy, and, you know... Anytime he does a, a hit to my characters, Pinello's like, gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. So, I think if you have a white mage on your team, you're good. Yeah, plus Larsa is healing a lot of people. In That's the fight, true. Right? I mean, the the fact that you can have a fourth party member as a guest actually helps this game a lot. I'm sure if it was just three of us, we may have had an issue. Yeah. But... Yeah, nah, this this boss was cake. I just sat there and just let it do it. So I don't, yeah, know, I don't I know how die. I feel about that. Yeah, I guess I I had a similar experience, but he did get me down a fair amount. I think I subbed some characters in and out, but I didn't have any trouble with it. But I think if I had left it alone, I probably would have died. Well, either way, we take it out. Yep. Um, After that is when I got my phone call. (laughs) And when my parents wanted to say hi. Yeah. So, (sighs) crap. We get to manure, and uh, I know I'm butchering that name. (laughs) Um. She passes out. We take her back to the village. And, um, she says that she wants to be, uh, she, she has Nethesite. Um, she has like one of the crystals. And, um, she gives it to us. I can't remember what it's called. You remember what it's called, Matt? No, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but she gives it to us, and I guess that's where she got her power, and maybe it, it kind of like took her over, made her nuts. Uh, but she mentions to um, Fron that she wants to basically be cast out as well. But Fron's like, no, this is my cross to bear. So you can just give it to me and the... The, the forest can hate me. At least that's what she asked one of the, she asked the leader 
He's like, does the forest hate me? I fear that the forest hates. And she's like, no, the forest isn't hating you. And she's like, well, that's a really nice lie you just told me. Is this Linty's tear that she gives us? Yes, that's what it is, I believe. And um, after that, we are granted passage through the jungle. And we are going to continue on our way to Mount Ouroboros. That's not the name of it, but... So we can throw all the shards into it. I guess so. Um, And that's where I stopped. How much farther are you? Uh, Not a ton. Maybe another two hours. Okay. That seems like that. that's the running gag is that you're about two hours ahead of me. Each yeah, time. I had I had to build up. I think in the last one I was substantially ahead, but then since I was out of town all weekend and had my parents in, uh, I I only played about a half an hour since the last recording. Okay, well, you're making decent progress at least. Uh, according yeah, to- I, in in a couple weeks, the first couple weeks we were playing this, I couldn't really stop playing it basically every night i would come home have a little bit to eat and then just play this for the rest of the night hmm. i think i'm a total up of 20 21 hours 21 and a half hours in wow okay i must be just blazing through this game yeah i've i've had to leave a couple of times so i've added a fair amount of time from grinding but also from getting to places realizing that statuses were really messing me up and then saying, alright, well, instead of just holding up somewhere and grinding, I'm going to grind my way back across this desert to go back to a town to try and buy some... For example, the first time we made it to the Henne Mines, I kept getting all kinds of status effects on me. So I decided I was going to get go get a, a bunch of golden tears. I think I was getting stoned, petrified. Uh, gold needles. Yep, so I went back to buy a bunch of gold needles. Uh, turns out by the time I did that, got bought the gold needles and came back, like I was able to kill them fast enough that I didn't really need them anymore. Yeah. So that was a little bit pointless in the end, but what I've done I've done a lot of that, kind of trekking all over this world just to to find things that I feel like I need. Right. So I've, I've wasted a fair amount of time wandering. Well, let's get to our emails. We have two emails. First one comes in from Chad, and it is titled, Would You Like to Play a Game? Yes, please. It says, Greetings, Programs. Uh, Sorry if my story summary emails come across as condescending. I hope they are not being perceived that way, because that is not how they are intended. Absolutely not. We are not thinking that. That was possibly the most helpful email we've gotten on this show. Because, and you're going to, you know what, do me a favor, on the next email you send, tell me what happened in that cutscene, because I'm, I'm still kind of <laughs> fuzzy on it. Yep. Um, it's just that the story is very political, and some of the finer points and foreshadowing is easily missed. Many of these points I didn't pick up until my third playthrough. So instead of giving a story summary this time, I am channeling my inner J and decided to create some probing questions for lively discussion. Uh. Oh, nice. 
with my best Mike Myers middle-aged Jewish lady accent, welcome to Talkie Cough. Talk Coffee Talk. It's Coffee <laughs> and Talk. Uh, I'll give you a topic. A, a chick pee is neither a chick nor pee. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have carefully crafted the following seven short topics with associated questions. I will tell you up front that most of them are intentionally misleading, and, but I guarantee at least one of them will occur by the end of the game. Don't worry, I am a huge proponent uh, against spoilers, and I would not wouldn't do it to you all. And also, sounds like you're also a fan of two truths and a lie. <laughs> Also, don't want, don't worry if you have already played ahead. I'm looking at you, Jamie. Uh, you will not know the right answer until the end of the game. It may mm. be the most interesting to read and discuss each topic before moving to the next, uh, but it's your show, and you can do whatever you damn well please. Smiley face. So let's begin. Topic number one. <clears throat> who is hooking up with who by the end of this game? Vaughn and Pinello aren't actually related, and they have a very close relationship. Balthier and Franz seem pretty tight, and she's pretty sexy for a bunny lady. Uh, Bosch and Ash have a whole uh, Jorah Mormont and Danneries vibe going on. I don't know that one. From Game of Thrones? Okay, I don't I don't know Game of Thrones. Uh, Balthier's excuses for sticking around seem pretty odd, when why all things did he want Ash's ring? Is he going to somehow give it back to her in some romantic, grandiose fashion? Larsa seems very keen on Pinello, and even trusts her with the Nethesite stone for safekeeping. Would a marriage of convenience between Larsa and Ash be a thing? Somehow brokering peace between kingdoms and the Empire? That's the first topic of discussion. So, Matt, who do you think is going to hook up in this game? Uh, I don't think... I don't think Fran or Balthier are really going to hook up with anybody, not in a meaningful way. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe as a one-night fling, but they're both too overtly mysterious and and sexy and whatever. So I think that you know whatever they do, it's not going to be meaningful if it does happen. Uh, Ash certainly needs to end up with somebody. I think. As to who, Vaughn, I think, is probably too young. How old is uh, Ash supposed to be? She looks like she's probably 21. Yeah, she, I guess she's also pretty young. How old? How much older was Wreck? Two years older. So, yeah, that, that, that I guess that could work, age-wise. Yeah. I was going to guess maybe Bosch. Seems like an easy pairing. Bosch seems like the kind of character that will never marry anybody. Yeah, although he has made comments. I mean, he made a comment. He's like, I would do anything to set right, you know, the wrongs of the past. So I feel like I feel like if somebody put him in his, a position where the, the, the nation will benefit if you and Ash marry. Like, you need to be this power couple. I think you would do it, even if that's not in his nature. That may be true. I feel like Bosch is married to the mission. Yeah. Um, to me, I think Ash and Balthier is going to hook up. Ash and Balthier? Yeah. I, he's got something up his sleeve. 
and I don't know what it is. But I think they're going to end up together. I could be wrong. So you think they're going to end up together, not just hook up casually? I don't know. Because I could see that happening. I can't see that. Well, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know enough about Vault Theory. He's too much of a mystery. He is a very mysterious person. But yeah, as far as Vaughn goes, I don't know. Vaughn may end up with Pinello. I think Pinello really likes Vaughn, and Vaughn's too stupid to realize it. Yep. I was going to say maybe she just comes off as the friend at first, and then he figures out she's been there the whole time. Wait, you you like me? <laughs> yeah, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Okay, next topic. So far there have been five judges introduced in the story. Gabaranth, Geese, Bergen, Drace, and... <sighs> Zargabroth. <laughs> uh, Zargabroth. Okay. However, it is very clear there are other judges outside of those five, some of which you encounter as regular enemies, like the mini boss battles on the Leviathan. Gabranth even mentions one by name, calling him Judge Zekt uh, when talking to the Emperor, stating that he was under the employ of Vane and Dr. Sid during the siege of Nar. Nar- Nabradia. So how many judges are there really, and why have only five been featured? What is the likelihood that more judges will be revealed by the end of the game? I think we're just now getting introduced to the judges. Yep. And I think there's probably a lot more. Um, will there be a, a betrayal of some kind? Is somebody a, a judge in disguise? Yep, I was going to say there has to be at least one surprise judge. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too, and I don't yep. know who it is. Huh. Not Larsa. Too short to be a stormtrooper. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to run into more judges, and I, that's the most compelling part to me. Is the the judges? We get the I get the quest, and yeah, we got to save the world and get all these shards, and yay! But it, the judges seem to be the gray area that that is the most intriguing. So they they look like villains, but they talk like regular people. So I don't know on that one. Topic number three: Final Fantasy games are notorious for introducing the real bad guy near the very end of the game. Uh, Genova, uh, Ultimacia, Necron, Jet as Sin, Orphan, etc. Uh, often the real bad guy or final boss ends up being some sort of out of the left field godlike character. It's been mentioned multiple times that the game seems to want people to think Vane is probably going to be the bad guy. But what if the real bad guy hasn't even been introduced yet? Uh, defecated Nethysite. It looks like defecated. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's nephocyte that's been through somebody's system. Uh, Defecated nephocyte. I don't want that. The world's going to have to save itself. Oh, yeah. Can I get some gloves first, at least? Uh, Has been introduced to the story. And as Matt mentioned last week, this implies that they are defied. uh, Deified or godlike provided stones, early signs of Fabula no- Novala Crystallis storylines, a la Final Fantasy 13, 
and 15, anybody. That lore was being drafted for the Final Fantasy series before this game released. So, real bad guy. I I don't think it'll be anybody godlike. I hope because this game is more grounded than that. I don't think I, I, I don't think it will be anybody godlike, but I think they're going to use the powers of the Nethesite to become godlike. Yep, I'm I'm okay with a quest for godlike status, but it an out of left field, but way behind the scenes character to me doesn't necessarily fit the way the story is unfolding. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I this 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 may be the final fantasy that breaks the mold and I kind of hope it does because I don't like that that whole coming out of left field thing. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, give me some build up. Yeah. But who knows? Uh, topic number four, the characters in this game are pretty mysterious, aren't they? I mean, the Marquis is acting like a double agent upholding the Empire's demands while secretly supporting the Resistance. Vossler was practically a triple agent supporting the Resistance, pretending to be a soldier of the Empire, but technically brokered a deal with the Empire to acquire <laughs> the Dawn Shard. Vane seems to be a benevolent new leader to Damasca but is giving contradictory orders to his generals for taking Ash prisoner and potentially killing her. How much background do we really have on the people you're traveling with? Can you really trust everyone in your party? What is it? What is the likelihood that one of them will turn the party at the 11th hour? This I can see happening. In fact, yep. I, I hope it does happen Yep. because that would make, it would make the, the quest for the Holy Grail, that much more interesting because like I said, the judges seem to be the ones that are the most interesting. I want to see a villain happen in one of these. How about this? Yeah. Whose betrayal would hurt the most? What if Fron gets too close to the Nethesite, gets too close to the mist and goes nuts like that other bunny chick? I, I could see that happening, but not as a big, a big reveal. Big, big plot. Yeah, I don't think so. Just because it would not. It, we've already seen somebody be um, converted, basically. Right. And second, to me, it would be much more powerful. Like the way the rest of the game's been set up, where people are really convinced that their way is the only way, and that's what causes them to do such atrocious things because they think they have to. So if you're just under the influence of something, it doesn't carry that weight because you haven't chosen to go against your your teammates. So it'd be much more powerful to me if if somebody says, "I'm sorry, but I have to kill you." What if this would be pretty good? What if Ash becomes so involved in her quest that she does her I think this is the right thing to do and it in, inadvertently becomes the bad guy? Ash would be yeah. Ash would be a good one because she's set up as almost your end goal is to bring her back to power. Right. So yeah, if if that ends up being um, detrimental for the party at least, because you know she's always going to put Delmasca first. And so she, it, she's she's got the bloodline, so she can use the powers of the of the shards too. Yep. So it's kind of like a, a Leah thing from Diablo 3. 
Yeah, so I think the ones that would hurt the most is if it was Ash or Bosch. Yeah. I don't think it'll be Bosch because his motivation seems so clear and hard to misconstrue. Bosch seems like – have you ever read the Canterbury Tales? No. Okay. Well, uh, this is basically a story of a whole bunch of different people. And the most virtuous and right person was the knight, the standard ass knight who was the only one who didn't have, really have a flaw. And Bosch reminds me of that. Um, he, he's the only one who doesn't. Who's he's the only good guy in this entire thing. Everybody else has flaws or has has issues in the Canterbury Tales. Um, and Bosch reminds me of that guy who has just absolute resolve. Yeah. So, I don't see him becoming the betrayer. Balthier, it seems too easy for Balthier to be the bad guy. Yeah, Balthier could, but I, I, I don't see his end goal as being large enough in scope to warrant him being a big bad guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he betrayed us, Lando style. But yeah, uh, but but yeah, I think that's totally within his character. Right. Topic number five. So, how trustworthy is Larsa really? He's a potential yeah. heir to the Empire's throne, uh, but has free reign to run around wherever he wants under the guise of Lamont. He's always been the, seems to be popping up everywhere that the party is, usually ahead of them. He says he's surprised that Ash and Bosch are alive and that he won't interfere with their, uh, machinations? Wow. Do you, plans, yeah. Yeah, plans. You've got some fancy words, man. I'm a a country boy from Georgia here. Uh, But turns out, or or turns around and and brokers a deal with Vossler to try and get the Dawn Shard handed over to the Empire. He seems to have his father, his father and the Senate convinced that he should be the heir to the throne, but runs around saying, gosh, golly gee, my brother is so great. So (laughs) he is the only one that thinks that way, and everybody else seems to hate Vane. Does he have everybody fooled? What is he up to? What is his angle? Is he a puppet master pulling everybody's strings? That's still the wild card for me. Yep, me too. He hasn't... I I don't have any reason to trust him. And I think all of those points are good points. That he seems weak, but I'm not convinced. Yeah. You know, man... I think he may be a bad guy. I think he's like, he, it, will he be the, uh, the, what was that guy's name? Kilroy and, uh, uh, Blue Dragon. <laughs> the little, the little idiot parrot guy who <laughs> turns out to be the main bad guy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and it does seem like he could fall into that real easily. Yep. Uh, I don't know what to think of him. I, we have seen so little of Vane, and everything that we have learned about Vane has been second-hand knowledge. It has been rumors or people saying, well, Vane's ordering this and that and this and that. Well, I'm like, well, is he really, or are you guys just saying that? Yep. And I would say the more they try to cast Larsa in a, in a positive light, the more suspicious I'll be. Or the more they ignore him, the more suspicious I'll be. So... I think until something changes in the story, he's going to be somebody that I'm pegging as as a, as a potential bad guy. Yeah, definitely. 
Topic number six. So who is going to end up dying by the end of this game? The story has already proven that it does not pull any punches, and it does have that Game of Thrones vibe. I mean, hell, the end of the prologue was the view of Vaughn's brother Rex dying uh, after getting stabbed by the fake Bosch. Or was he fake? It was kind of odd that (laughs) Bosch and his twin brother were from a kingdom called Landis, which was overthrown by the Empire. So Gabranth joins the Empire, and Bosch ends up being captain of the Guard for the King of Dalmasca. Interesting story, posturing if you ask me. So once again, who is dying, and who do you think is going to, or and how do you think is going to happen? That would be crazy interesting. Think of it. Bosch and his twin brother are all trying to get revenge on the Empire, and they're playing the long con. That'd be pretty cool. Put me in jail and make them think that you are working with them, and then you you make the Empire rot from the inside out. And I'll, I'll I, be the poster boy that they can come after. Yeah, and then then later on I'll break out, and then we'll we'll gather up a freaking army and take them over. That would That'd be, be pretty cool. Great. Nice revenge tale right there. Yep. Okay. That's great. Topic number seven. As Dustin. Wait, who, who do you oh, think is going to die? Though? Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think it would be really sad if Pinello died. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Bothier may very well sacrifice himself to save everybody. You know, he's as the, uh, as the twist of character. Yeah, as the twist of character, he's always about himself, and in the end, he's like, "I'll do it for you, princess." You know, and then die. Do you think Ash could get herself overwhelmed by the power and, and accidentally kill herself? Could be that way, or it could be she gets overwhelmed, and then we have to put her down. Yeah. Don't then know. who do we who do we instate then? How how does the future play out if there's no Ash? Vaughn. A street urchin? Oof. Bold. Well, don't forget. Is he? <laughs> d- well, don't forget. Vaughn is the only person who's able to see the, the force ghost of the prince. Yep. Which makes me think. Does he have royal blood in his veins? Wouldn't that be a shocker? That would be a shocker. <laughs> that uh there's so many possibilities here. And I feel like we've just written a Final Fantasy game that I kinda wanna play. <laughs> um but yeah. Twelve two. Let's make it. <laughs> yeah, twelve two. They they did. <laughs> it was on the DS. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Good points, though. A lot of options, yeah. Yeah, tons of options. All right, topic number seven. And, and, and importantly, with all with characters that I kind of care about. Yeah. Right. I there's mean, a lot. There's a lot of arcs that could play out where I would really like to see some characters happy or reinstated or get their revenge. You know, there's a lot of a lot of meat to it. This game could play out any way. This is this is the Final Fantasy version of a Danganronpa game for me. I don't know who the killer is. 
<laughs> They're all dead, and this is purgatory. <laughs> Got it, solved. Got it. And the Monokuma comes in. He's like, I'm really Satan, and you're in hell. Uh, okay, topic number seven. As Dustin mentioned last week, this game and Final Fantasy Tactics both take place in uh, Avalis. He put the pronunciation there. Uh, and uh, there is a connection. Even Balthier had a cameo as a possible playable character in Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions version. Here's yep. the question. What's the likelihood that this game will have a happy ending? Both this game and Tactics have very dark undertones, and if you ever beaten Tactics, one of my personal favorites, you will know that it didn't have a happy ending. Technically, every neither did the the first Final Fantasy game, for that matter. The Four Warriors of Light ended up traveling back in time, correcting the corrupted elements to save the world, only to return to their own time and everybody none the wiser. Tactics was much, much darker, where the protagonist and narrator, I'll stop there to prevent spoilers, has anybody stopped to wonder why the airships are named after summons from the other Final Fantasy games and espers are the exact same demon? Okay, sorry about that. That my recording thing messed up, but it's okay. We didn't lose anything. I'm going to continue on. Uh, where did it say here? Has anybody stopped to wonder why the airships are named after summons from the other Final Fantasy games and espers are the exact same demons associated to the Zodiac Stones and Tactics? I repeat, Zodiac Stones and Demons, Tactics, Zodiac Brave Story, and Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age. Will our ragtag band of misfits and ne'er-do-wells get that cliched happy ending? I guess we'll see. So, I don't know if this will get a good ending or not. Yeah, I would have said yes. I would have said either Revenge or... Ash gets reinstated and there's peace in the land, but the fact that you've asked that question makes me question my thoughts. So I'm going to read that again because it seems like it bears repeating because you repeated it. Yep. All right. Has anybody stopped to wonder why the airships are named after summons from the other Final Fantasy games and espers are the exact same demons associated to the Zodiac Stones in Tactics? I repeat, Zodiac Stones and Demons, Tactics, Tactics, Tactic, but with an ex, with a, a, a possessive Zodiac Brave Story and Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age. Will our ragtab band of misfits get their cliched happy ending? So why are the espers that we're using named after demons? So on the airships, I thought that was just a nod. I didn't think that meant anything. I thought it was just kind of. That's uh, what I was thinking I, too. I get it. I get it. It's funny. Uh, on the stones, the zodiac stones, that's kind of interesting because this game has souls and deities imprisoned in stones in Nephesite. So that, I guess, kind of fits with the idea of zodiac stones potentially having what espers in them. So if it's the right kind of stone, then yeah, I guess it can hold a presence, a soul. What if we're the bad guys? <laughs> and we were dead the whole time? No, not we're dead the whole time. That's just a 
That's just that's just what happened in Danganronpa. Um, what I mean, think about it. Like, what if it's like a I am legend kind of thing, where you are actually the villain, and you just don't know it? Because no, we don't know who the villains are in this game. We we you know we, we're thinking we're doing the right thing, and maybe villains think they're doing the right thing too. Yep, a lot of good ones do. So maybe we're maybe we don't know what we're doing and we're screwing up the world. In a twist, like we accidentally screw up the world or Or we did we accomplished our mission and it screwed up the world. Yeah, our actual goals end up with a negative outcome. Yeah. That would be interesting. It would be interesting. Hmm. I don't know. If I if I if I had to make a guess, like if if Jay had, was was on this podcast and telling me I had to choose something, I would say this game does not have a happy ending. Yeah. Or I would say it doesn't. It doesn't have the and they all lived happily ever after. It, it sure there may be some good things, but I think there's some bad things are going to happen too. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I my first blush was all right. We're gonna we're gonna save the world, but I don't know. There there is certainly enough gray in here that uh, any positive outcomes, even if we do achieve them, may come with some steep costs. Yeah, that would be very interesting. I, I'm actually excited to see how this game ends. This is one of those things where I'm going in blind. This isn't like, oh, I have some vague memories of this. No, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. It's also interesting that they haven't really set up that kind of a twist, I don't feel like. I feel like most characters have – the ones we know about are at least relatively straightforward. Their goals, you know, be it revenge or a search for purpose or reinstatement on the throne. Like those in and of themselves are worthy of a game. So – if they do pull off some kind of, I don't want to say out of left field, because again, I think that can come off with a bit of a negative connotation, but if they can really take the, the story and the impact of the game to the next level within this Evil East universe, then uh, uh, that that would be pretty good, because I think the story, even if it ends up relatively straightforward, could be a pretty well-told one. Yeah. So absolutely. if they take it to the next level, that that's impressive. Okay, so our next email comes in from Jamie. It says, uh, so I haven't really played too much this week. Well, at all, really. I'm uh, still waiting for you to catch up. Although I'll be camping over the weekend, so maybe I shouldn't slack off too much or you'll get ahead of me. Maybe I'll bring some cup of noodles just so I can say I've discovered a new recipe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a lame joke to get the Final Fantasy fifteen people off of my back. Ignis was the best part of that entire game. I'm putting it out. Don't at me, okay? <laughs> Ignis was the best part of that entire game. Uh, I'm glad you guys explained about uh, that turtle in the sand sea and the flower or berries you get after. When I did that part, I went a different way. It wasn't until I was wandering around aimlessly grinding away when I saw the turtle. <laughs> 
Of course, that was long after I had finished that part of the quest, and I had no idea what any of that was for. I wish I had gone that way originally. It might have made my life a lot easier. Story-wise, I'm not sure much happens at this part of the game. I guess yeah. uh, we get to meet the rabbit people, but I didn't really think that added much to the story. It almost seemed like a useless side quest. I guess it gave some backstory to Fraun and showed us who the Vera are, but unless that comes back up again later, it seems like a kind of a waste of time. I will say, though, uh, going through the Hine Mines was the hardest part for me in this game. Honestly, I don't know if I've somehow set this game on easy, but I haven't had any troubles with any bosses in this game until now. Not just bosses, either. There are some enemies in the Hine Mines uh, and even in the Golmore jungle that made short work of me. This isn't really spoilery, but I'll give you a warning anyways. Don't read this if you haven't finished the Hine Mines. Hmm. There was one specific spot in the mines where I hit a switch to open the doors and got instantly surrounded by flans and got murdered <laughs> over and over. <laughs> well, that was, yep. yeah, that, that was one of those things where I was like, I need to get the hell out now. <laughs> yep. I, I, I did not play the, uh, Valiant Soldier there. I just ran. Yeah. Uh, I got murdered over and over. Uh, that was almost worse than a boss battle. The battle with Tiamat, uh, was brutal. I think it just made it, I think I just made it only with, uh, baby potions and no Phoenix Downs, ethers, or high potions left. Okay, good to go. Continue reading. Well, I reread it. I think that's when I decided to go off and do some hunting again and pay uh, some attention to spells. I've mainly been using items uh, to battle status effects, but I've started to fill out the license board for magic, so I can now start using that. Now the problem is that my characters don't have any near enough MP to be healing and clearing status effects, and I find it either I find it either hard to an ether hard to come by. Uh, I guess I just need to keep filling the increase magic potency by 10% licenses. Also, yep. is it just me, or does that take a ridiculously long time to cast a spell? Yep. It does. Especially that, like, like a cure goes pretty quickly, but a raise or a cura, that takes forever. Yeah. Uh, I don't play this game on anything but two times speed, by the way. Period. You? Uh, yeah, I do not slow it down. Uh, I play a most. I'd still say I'm maybe sixty percent or so at normal speed, mm. maybe forty percent sped up. Uh, so here, a word about hunts. Okay, not really a word. Mostly just complaints. I'm getting really tired of taking a hunt, tracking halfway across uh, Evilus just to talk to a petitioner, only to realize that it has to be raining or it has to be sandstorming for me to one just talk to the person at all, two go find the monster, or three collect once the monster is dead. On one hunt, I had to wait an in-game hour for it to start raining, then go talk to the petitioner. Then I had to go down a bunch of trees so I could even access the monster. Then it stops raining, and I had to wait again. Uh, then, when it was raining again, I killed the damn thing and then went back to collect my reward. They had left me a note saying, We come, we left, come back when we, uh, to collect when it's sunny again. For fuck's sake, all this for 3,000 gil? <laughs> Longest hunt ever, and that's just a level three. I would hate to see a level five. Oh, by the way, you probably already know, you probably know already, but go hunting when Larsa is in your party. I waited till that point in the story when he left my party. It made things so much harder. Mm. 
Good to know. In other news, I have ordered Lost Odyssey and it is currently on its way to me, which would be great if I had an Xbox to play it on. <laughs> Thankfully, one of my friends said he'd lend his his lend me his, uh, and that doesn't if that doesn't work out, I suppose I could go pick up one at a flea market. This will be the first time I've ever owned ever played anything on an Xbox. I think it's high time I figured out how to use that weird looking controller. Funny story, when I went uh, to tour BioWare days before Inquisition was released, I got to visit the writer's room. It was amazing, and one of the writers handed me a controller so I could play the character creation part. Unfortunately, it was an Xbox controller. All I could think was, okay, you can do this. It can't be that complicated. Keep your cool. I probably ended up looking like I've never held a controller in my life. It was so embarrassing. (laughs) Anyways, until next time, keep fit and have fun. Jamie. Hmm, I think the last bit might be a Canadian-only reference. Meh, Anthony will get it. Keep fit. I know fit in England means attractive. Yep. I'm always attractive, so whatever. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) thank you for that email, Jamie. Born this way. Yes. Until that horrific accident. And now, well, scarred for life. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, thank you all for those emails. I forgot Dustin. Dustin sent me some tweets. He wanted me to read out some tweets. Uh, look at that. I, I caught it just in time. Let's see here. Da-da-da-da. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Okay, here we go. Uh, since you're doing tweets, here's a few. I think Balthier is the best character in the story. Uh, hunts in Final Fantasy XII uh, were really fun and had uh, some of the best battles in the game. Uh, uh, the super boss uh, Yazimat sucked all it up. Uh, sucked it. Wow. Sucked all it ended up being uh, was an endurance fight since it had like 200, 120 million hit points. I really hope wow. that's not true. But if you left and came back, the damage you did wouldn't regenerate, so it took forever. Uh, the summons in this game I found useless. Uh, you had to go out of your way to get most of them, and I ended up using them once or twice just to see the effect, and that's it. I remember the Zodiac fight being kind of tough, though, just so I could summon him maybe three times. It kind of irks me when uh, games are compared to others that came out years after it. Yeah, I get that the travel banter in Dragon Age is way better and 12 would benefit from some of the long walks, but Dragon Age was three years after on a next-gen system, so it's not a fair comparison. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Whoever wrote that first email last week uh, about grinding, I really liked his analogy of the jiu-jitsu fighters. He really is ruining his experience by brute forcing the game. My favorite thing about RPGs is being able to beat bosses when you're underleveled or adjusting your strat. For example, I'm playing Octopath Traveler in my free time, and uh, bosses aren't pushovers. I finally came to one underleveled, and he owned me instead of grinding. I made a couple of tweaks to my equipment and used some uh, JP for one new skill. The way match, I decimated him, and all I did was a switch strats. Oh, and uh, to be honest, listening to this really makes me want to replay it. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Oh, he wants to replay the game. He wants to replay Final Fantasy Twelve. Uh... 
And then uh, Jamie responds with, all I was saying was that sometimes there is so far to go on these maps that something to fill the silence would be nice. I wasn't trying to really compare the two. Dragon Age is better, though. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's uh, that's it for everybody. I appreciate everybody sending in some responses and emails, and you can send more. It's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, yeah, that's it. Halfway through, uh, I deep, would, deep in it. According to Chad, I saw he tw- him tweet. He may have just been joking, but he said we were close to about sixty five percent through this game if we finish the Hene Mines. That doesn't feel that doesn't possible. feel that doesn't feel right, but. I'm playing it on two times the speed. Uh, earlier in the game, I was playing it on four times the speed. So, maybe that's true. I may beat this game in 22 hours. <laughs> that uh, that probably ties with Final Fantasy 15 as being the shortest Final Fantasy game I've ever played. I can't remember. I, I've got a screenshot. I, you know, everybody gets to share that one screenshot that they take at the end of the game and it tells you how long it took and what your levels were and I, th- I can't remember I think it was in the 20 hours mark like 28 hours to finish Final Fantasy 15 hmm. um, and I didn't do all the side quests I, but I did a fair amount of them so Final Fantasy 15 was actually not that long of a game um, but yeah so that's it for us Matt you uh I'm excited to see what happens I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm feeling good I'm really liking the game I mean we haven't talked about thoughts on the game much in the last episode or two but uh I I still really like the combat I I liked it in Nino Kuni quite a bit I like it even more here but I guess primarily because of the gambits uh, so, yeah, I mean, the characterization I think is top-notch. The world is excellent. The combat's fun. I, I don't know. There's not much to not like here. Yeah. So, um, as many people know, our next game is going to be Red Dead Redemption. You know, the really popular Rockstar JRPG. Never heard of it. Yeah. Um, did you watch the gameplay trailer that was released today? No. Yeah, they released a gameplay trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. That game is looking hot. Mm. I cannot Good. wait. They, we'll be well prepped for it. Do you? I, I actually made this comparison in an email thread with Ken after watching that trailer, and, and it reminded me so much of that trailer that got me and you really interested in The Witcher. <laughs> the one with the, the woman explaining... You know, in The Witcher, you go on hunts and you do this and you do that. And I was like, man, they've taken some cues from The Witcher 3 and put it into Red Dead. Yeah, that that can only be a good sign. Yeah. So I am really excited to play Red Dead and Red Dead 2. Um, I would say, aside from Bully, I'm not a big GTA fan. I've never really been a big GTA fan. I've played them all. But yeah. I, I just I and I've beaten two of them. I'm torn. I loved four. I hated four. And I loved 
uh, one and two. I never, I didn't play it as much as most people did of them, but I did just like sort of the technology, the open world. One and two. Yeah, Vice City and oh, okay, Vice City and San Andreas. Yeah, yeah. No, Grand Theft Auto one and two. Try and go yeah, back and no, play not, those. Yeah, no, not not top down one and two. <laughs> yeah, top down. I still have my copy of Grand Theft Auto one, the original Grand Theft Auto. I still have my copy somewhere in this house. <laughs> uh, it's the PlayStation version. But uh, yeah, not the biggest fan of Grand Theft Auto. I I, I really aren't. I, I I adore Bully, and I really wish they'd make a sequel to that. Um, yep. And Red Dead Man was fantastic. Like I, I fell in love with that game and the DLC for that game. Undead Nightmare is one of the best DLCs that's ever came out. Period. That and the Shivering Isles for Oblivion. Two of some the best DLCs. In fact, I mean, gosh, like we could play Red Dead and then for Halloween do Undead Nightmare, and I would be totally fine with that. Undead, yep. you would you would freaking love Undead Nightmare. Undead Nightmare is a horror comedy. That sounds awesome, and I now have two copies of it. So you have two copies of it. Yep, it was on sale. And I got real excited, so I bought it, and then found my copy of Red Dead, which had it already included. <laughs> you got the Game of the Year edition? Yeah. Yep. Should not have spent my $7.50 on buying Undead Nightmare. Yep. Well, live and learn. Yep. But that's it for us, guys. I appreciate you listening and and tuning in with us and, and playing through with us and emailing us. It's great to have a fan base like this, even though I only think three people listen to us. But uh, it's you know it's still good it's still good and uh, I you know I appreciate everybody um, who who definitely who emails in and and interacts with us that's that's what makes uh, this podcast fun you know now me and Matt can sit here and talk all day about about a game but when we have other people interacting with us and hearing their thoughts on it it just makes it even better yeah yeah especially I mean this is one's been great. Yeah. So much interaction. Yeah, tons of it. Who thought? Who would have thought Final Fantasy is, is a popular game series? I, don't, I mean, they, they only made like 15 of them. But uh, actually, they made more than that. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. We're going to get out of here. Until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a wonderful week. We'll be back next week with the continuation of Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age.